Welcome to the King's Anywhere podcast, inspirational teaching, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whenever you're ready. I hope you're looking forward to Christmas. I'm sure there's some anticipation growing, maybe among some of the younger people here, and maybe some not so young, about Christmas. I don't know when you started to anticipate and prepare for Christmas. I can remember when our kids were growing up, we would start watching Christmas movies around September to start the build-up. In fact, my father-in-law even wrote to the local newspaper telling people, the whole local locality knew that we were watching Christmas movies in September. We were looking forward to Christmas for months. But I want to talk to you today about people who were looking forward to Christmas for even longer than we were. Abby at the moment's painting a picture of the star and the star that led the wise men to Jesus. God arranged for creation to be pointing to this, having stars move around in the universe, who knows how long before, to get that star in the perfect place so that it could lead the wise men to Bethlehem. God was looking forward to Christmas. Wow, for who knows how long. The Bible tells us of lots of people who are looking forward to Christmas. We're going to think about them very quickly tonight together. What we have here, I wonder if anybody can tell me what this is. Is any, anyone able to tell me what this is? Massive clue, it's Christmas time. Izzy sang a song, a way in ah. Uh, well done. <laughs> so Dawn is a farmer, and I spoke to Dawn a few months ago and said, Dawn, do you have a feeding trough that I could borrow on Christmas Eve? And this is what she brought to me from her farm. This is a feeding trough. And when Jesus was born, he was placed not in some fancy, ornate crib, not in some beautiful, pre-prepared nursery, but in a feeding trough. We say a manger, and it sounds quite romantic, in a feeding trough that animals ate out of with some straw, freshly brought from Dawn's farm today. <laughs> that wasn't the straw that was there all those years ago, but this is what we've got today. So I'm going to take us through quickly some people who are looking forward to Christmas. We've got some helpers to help us. So to begin with, if you're one of the angels, could you come forward quickly, please? We have two angels. I wonder if you stand just up here on this. Do you want to stand up there? Brilliant. We have two angels. The angels were looking forward to Christmas, I would say, for thousands of years. They were anticipating that before even the world began, God had a plan to come into human history and to bring people into a saving knowledge of himself. And they played a very special part in that very first Christmas. Very often in the Bible, angels play trumpets. Isn't that great? We've got a real trumpet and someone who's maybe doing a bit of trumpet practice as well. Every now and then, we have angels who were involved in telling people at the very first Christmas about the arrival of the saviour that they'd been looking forward to for generations. We also have in the Bible people called prophets, if you're a prophet, 
Oh, here we go. We have a prophet with a scroll. Would you like to stand up here, please? Thank you. The prophets were looking forward to the arrival of Jesus. Even as far back as Genesis chapter 3, at the very beginning of the Bible, God begins to say, you can look forward to Christmas. I'm going to send a saviour to save people. And the Old Testament is full of those kind of predictions that a saviour is going to come. In fact, Isaiah, the prophet, wrote 700 years before the birth of Jesus, these words. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of the shadow of darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Old Testament has at least 48 predictions about the arrival of Jesus. And in fact, that you can find somewhere around uh, 350 predictions in the Old Testament about either the arrival of, the birth of, the life of, the death of, the resurrection of, the return of Jesus. The probability of 48 prophecies being fulfilled are, and a mathematician uh, has, has, has worked this out, The probability, let me just find the exact number for you. A guy called Peter Storner, if you want to check it out, has estimated that there are 350 Old Testament prophecies about the probability of Jesus. The probability of Jesus fulfilling just 48 of those is 1 in 10 to the power of 157. So that is 10 with 157 noughts following. That's the probability. Maybe you'd like more of a visual illustration. Children, you've got bags of hope. If you want to look in your bag of hope, you will have a bag of coins. Would you like to take a coin out and wave at chocolate coins? You'll be glad to know. Wave your chocolate coins around if you've got them, just so we can see them. If you've got your chocolate coins, fantastic. The visual aid is this. Chocolate coins, if you take them out of your bag, if you were to cover an area roughly the size of France with coins and do that to a depth of roughly two feet and then blindfold someone and tell them to pick up one specific coin, that's the likelihood. And God fulfills all 48. People say, oh, it's just a rough, random thing. It might or might not have happened. Specific prophecies fulfilled one on one on one on one on one. The next thing that people are looking forward to is a famous guy in the Old Testament called Moses. Who's Moses? Here's Moses. He's younger than you thought he'd be, isn't he? <laughs> Moses has his stone tablets, the law. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible and he was looking forward to Christmas. He wrote the first five books and he was looking forward to Christmas. He wrote the law, he wrote about the sacrificial system, how animals had to have a hand laid on them and then be sacrificed to deal, to point to how sin was going to be dealt with, the things that separated people from God. And yet, none of those sacrifices dealt with any sin. They just pointed forward 
to Christmas and then Easter, a saviour is coming. The whole of the Old Testament law points to Christmas and Easter. All of it. Then we have, getting nearer to the story, we have Zechariah and Elizabeth. Here they come with their lovely baby, John the Baptist. (laughs) Proud parents coming up. If you want to come and stand near the prophets. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, at the start of the Old Testament, they'd been praying that they could have a child, and they didn't have a child. But Zechariah was a priest. And when he was an older man, much older than our (laughs) Zechariah and Elizabeth, much, much older, he was serving in the temple, and he had a vision. And an angel said to him, you're going to have a baby. Not him, his wife. (laughs) That would have been a miracle. Your wife's going to have a baby. And he's going to prepare the way for the Savior to come. They'd given up hope. The angel said to them, your prayers have been answered. And Zechariah said, what prayers? Christmas reminds us that you might have been praying for things that you even have forgotten you've prayed. And God remembers. And God answers at just the right time. And so they were looking forward to Christmas. They were looking forward to a saviour who was coming. But we're getting nearer now. We have Mary. Mary, would you like to come and help us out here? Here comes Mary. If you want to stand right next to the manger, that would be perfect. And Mary had lots of promises from God that she treasured in her heart. She held them dear to her. An angel, the angel Gabriel appeared to her and said, miraculously, you're going to have a child, even though you're a virgin, and he will be called the Son of God. And she had to face all kinds of prejudices, all kinds of misunderstandings and judgments, but she held on to the truth of what God had said to her. God is sending a saviour. And she, for nine months, was looking forward to Christmas. He was going to be called... Jesus, the saviour of the world. And then we have Joseph. Joseph, would you like to join us? Joseph was a tecton, a guy who worked in the building trade. He worked in wood and stone. He's got a hammer, and I'm going to give him plenty of space. And Joseph was pledged to be married to Mary. But then he found out that Mary was having a baby, and we had to probably just take the hammer away from him for a minute. He found out that Mary was having a baby and it wasn't his. And so he had in mind to get a divorce and separate from her. But then he had a dream and God spoke to him in a dream and he said, don't worry. This is a miraculous thing. I am sending a saviour. Mary is carrying the child and you're going to have the privilege of bringing up this child. And you get to name him. You get to call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph was looking forward to Christmas eventually for about eight months maybe. The shepherds. Do we have our shepherd, shepherdess? The shepherds. That first Christmas night, do you want to come right around? How can we see you? Yeah, come down near the, come stand near Joseph or Mary so we can see you with your sheep. 
That first Christmas night, the shepherds were out in the fields looking after their flocks. And the angels appeared to them. I love this. Because he didn't appear, the angels didn't appear to someone in a royal palace, didn't appear to royalty. And the angels didn't appear to the religious elite at the temple and say, hey, all you people who think you've got it all together. He appeared to the shepherds. The shepherds were the people who, they couldn't even give a report in a court of law because people didn't think they were capable of it at that time. They were regarded as the least and the last. People didn't take them seriously. And God said, right, they're the exact people I'm going to come and tell this to, first of all, as soon as the baby's born. Because the people that the world overlooks, God thinks you're amazing. And maybe you feel like that sometimes. Maybe you feel like in a group of people, you're the one who's just slightly not quite in. Or maybe you feel slightly awkward in certain settings. Maybe you feel like you've just been overlooked. God sees you. God thinks you're amazing. And God says he's come for you. Wow. God revealed himself to these people through the angels and said, Today, in the town of David, a saviour who has been born, who is Christ the Lord. God comes to save. The shepherds were looking forward to Christmas for the shortest of time. In your bag of hope, when they've, if you take out, in your bag of hope, you should have two Christmas decorations. If you take them out and hold them up, that would be amazing. Because when the shepherds heard the good news about Jesus, they went to see him. And then it said they came back and they told everyone what had happened. And your Christmas decorations are made of some special paper that's infused with seeds. And what we want you to do is at the end of this service, we want you to keep one, put it on your Christmas tree till over Christmas, and then plant it afterwards. Give one away. Because the great thing about the message of Jesus is this. We get to keep it and give it away at the same time. Take one of these and give it to someone tonight here and say, I want to give you this and you have it. Have it on your Christmas tree and then plant it after Christmas. As it grows, remember, Jesus has come for you. He loves you. Then, I'm looking forward to this bit, comes the visit of the wise men. Here come three wise men. These are the wisest we could find. Look at that. Gold, myrrh, and Frank sent this. <laughs> In the original Christmas story, they'd been looking forward to Christmas for quite a while. They'd travelled probably from near Iran and Iraq all the way into Bethlehem. They didn't arrive at the manger. They arrived a little bit later, but still at the oikos where Jesus was living, the household and the family. And they bought three gifts, and we looked at this in more detail last Sunday, but let me just remind you, gold represents the fact that Jesus is a king. Not just an earthly king, but a special king, a saviour king. Frankincense is about prayer, amongst other things. The fact that God hears and answers prayer and speaks to us. And myrrh is about the fact that Jesus' death is going to be really important. It's an embalming ointment. The reason Christmas happened is so that Easter could. The wise men travelled from a different country, probably, possibly for years, or a year, or months, looking forward to Christmas. All of this was to get to the point 
where they could meet. I wonder, could you hold that between you just a little bit? Thank you so much. So that they could meet the Saviour. The birth of the Saviour. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Christmas is not some neatly packaged, clean and tidy thing. It's the birth of a Saviour who's placed in a manger where the animals were, in the middle of a messy stable area in a Middle Eastern Oikos household where there would have been all kinds of mess. And you could have walked in and you could have seen the mess or you could have walked in and you could have seen the miracle. And we get a choice. You can either see the mess or the miracle. You can see why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God do that? When will God sort this out? You can see the mess. Or you can see, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can see the miracle. What will you see this Christmas? The mess or the miracle? As I draw to a close, I want to remind you that Jesus came to deal with our sin. All the things that separate us from God. Sin's an old-fashioned word. It just it's, View it as an acrostic. S, shove off God. I, I'm in charge. N, not your way, my way. And we've all said that to God. Shove off. I'm in charge. Not your way, my way. And that leads us to separation from God. And God comes and deals with that through his son so that we can have peace with him, hope, security, and eternal life. We can't earn that. He gives it as a gift. All of these people around the anticipation of Christmas came forward with different things. Let me quote this carol to you just before we pray together. Maybe this is your prayer. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I'd bring a lamb. If I was a wise man, I'd play my part. But what I can, I give him. I'll give my heart. When we talk about giving our heart to Jesus, it means I'm going to give all that I am to him. Not just my church attendance. Not just bits of my week. My whole life to Jesus. And he will give his whole life to you in return. He will become your saviour. I'm going to pray in just a minute, but I'm going to ask Abby, why did you feel you wanted to paint the star? Hello, Nativity and more. Um, <laughs> I woke up a few weeks ago, and, and this evening was on my mind, and I, I felt like God said, there's a message of hope this Christmas, and there's a message of hope every day. And I think it's it's for some people that you've been walking with God for a long time, but you've been facing situations where you think, I don't know how this changes, I don't know how this mountain moves, I don't know how I get through. And I felt like this reminder from God of, look at me, I am where your hope comes from, I am where your strength comes from. And that star is a reminder to fix our eyes on heaven, because that is where our hope comes from, and no matter how impossible the situation in front of us, he has the keys for breakthrough. And on the other side, maybe you're sitting here and you're, you don't believe in him yet. 
you haven't made that, that choice to give your life to Jesus. And I felt like he was just saying that so many of the answers are in me. There is so much life. There is so much love. There is so much freedom in me. And I have this message of hope for you um, today. And so I felt like that the reason to paint the star was this reminder of that there is hope no matter what situation that is you're in. And whether that is that hope of first step of coming to Jesus or just reminding yourself day after day after day, my hope is not in the promise or in the miracle or in the breakthrough. My hope is in the promise giver and he is faithful. So we're going to pray together. I wonder would you bow your head with me. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer saying, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Please forgive me. Please would you take away my sin. Please would you come into my life by your spirit and help me to live with you, for you forever. Amen. I'm going to pray that prayer in a minute. And if you'd like to be included in that, either to come back to God because you've drifted from him or to come to him for the very first time, I'd love to include you in the prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or do anything like that. But if you'd like to be included in the prayer that I'm going to pray, just so that I know, would you give me a wave now? I'll just acknowledge that you give me a wave and I'll include you in the prayer. Is there anyone who'd like to be included in that prayer this evening? To receive the gift that God is giving at Christmas time. Are you ready to receive that gift? Or are you saying, shove off God. I'm in charge. Not your way, my way. Or are you saying, sorry God, I bow the knee to you. I need you, Jesus. Would anyone like to be included in that prayer this evening? As I look round, just raise your hand, I'll acknowledge it. And then I'll include you in the prayer. Is there anyone? Just going to give it one more minute. Is there anyone that referenced what Abby was saying? You feel like things are somewhat overwhelming and you've just lost sight of how God can give you hope. If that's you... And I think it's a specific person, maybe a number of you, but a specific one. Would you just raise your hand? I'll include you. Yeah, God bless you. Anyone else? Yeah, God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Father, I pray for these amazing people who've had the courage to raise their hands. And I pray as, as you have spoken to them tonight about the fact that they can lift their eyes to heaven and you've got this you're bigger than this you're in control I pray that hope would fill their hearts this Christmas time I pray for those who are on a journey to you or have drifted from you that this evening the reminder of the saviour would draw them back to you at Christmas or to you for the first time we ask it for your glory Amen we hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.